Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 310. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prillman, and there was like a clicky thing just a second ago, and it completely destroyed my train of thought. I apologize, that was me. This is episode episode 310. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prillman, and joined this evening, afternoon, morning, drive to work by the one and only Charles Feather. Hello, hello. I just, I just, yeah, I'm joined by the one and only, yep, thank you. (laughs) You want to just retake that whole thing? Yeah, I do. I want to just yeah, redo do that, that whole... Yeah. That was just okay. me trying to like subtly indicate where in this like long thing of audio the show actually starts. Oh, uh, to okay. To save myself like 30 seconds of editing time. Okay. And I totally ruined your intro. I apologies. didn't know what it was. I didn't expect it. And it basically <laughs> just like you shined a bright light in my eye and I went all off... <laughs> Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 310. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Perlman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Charles Feather. Hello, hello. And the one and only Marco Sanchez. Hello, everybody. I was expecting, like, a click. Yeah, I was hoping. I, I, I thought Marcus about really it click, click. in my mind. <laughs> I click. thought about it so much. And, and in my head, the device that you've got that you're doing these little clicky things... Is just a staple remover. Oh, for me, it's a dog clicker. <laughs> it's a dog clicker. It it's, is. That's one hundred percent. It is a dog, dog clicker. clicker. Yep, knew it. So, are we getting like Pavlovian trained to not make mistakes? Because <laughs> whenever we make an error, there's like a little click sound. We're told to not like it. There bad, Brian. Bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah, now you have to leave those in this time. Uh, normally, um, Marcus is using those <laughs> as a tool, just and he edits them out. And they're gone, and our our listener at home never hears them. But those you have to leave in. Yep, this is how we punish Brian. Okay. Yes, the, cl- the clicky clacks. <laughs> All right. So, huh? That's a negative feedback well. device. <laughs> I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make this relevant. Good transition um, uh, there. Good yeah. yeah, yeah. So in this episode, this very special episode of JudgeCast, we're going to be talking about reviews. Yes. You know, the end of the year is coming up. It's the time for New Year's resolutions. It's time for Judge Foundry being live and requiring reviews to uh, level up. And it's just... It's been a long time since we've talked about reviews and the importance of them. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about what a review is and why it's important. And this is we're going to get into more detail, so this is going to be a very 50,000 foot view. But a review is a paragraph or multiple pages somewhere in between that goes over uh, another person or yourself, uh, how you did, things that you did well, things that you didn't do well, things that you can improve on. Basically, the way I tend to look at it is things you should start doing, things that you should stop doing, and things that you should continue doing are kind of the, th- the three categories when I talk about reviews. Those are, those are three things that I like to hit on uh, when doing a review. But... One of the reasons why they're so super important is, A, first, everybody loves when positive things are said about them. Yay. The second thing is, 
having reviews, and not necessarily written reviews, but also verbally given reviews, where you talk about where you talk about performance, can also be course corrections. We talk a lot of times about how judges learn more when they work other events with other judges, as opposed to just being in your own store, just doing RCQs in your own location, never getting outside of your box. Okay, you learn more from other people, uh, and you'll get better. So, good reviews, you get the warm fuzzies. Negative reviews with constructive feedback, you up your game, and those are and overall, you're just a happier, better person uh, having received reviews. Um, I reviews are great. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's that's it. No, good. Um, good talk. That's Show over. Good talk. Yes. Yeah, let's go. Home. Good night. Um, no yeah. re- reviews are. I keep it under are... five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> reviews are a time capsule. Also, okay. Um, you can look back on a review that you re- received six months ago or two years ago and see how far you've come. Um, they are a marker of your knowledge, whether as seen through the eyes of somebody else or seen through your eyes. They are an amazing device that can help you with your long-term growth. And without them, uh, it feels like there's a, 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 something really that's honestly missing. And I'm really excited to be back to doing them again and, and needing them for advancement. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them. Yeah. So, a little bit of the history of reviews. Uh, the judge program has been called a cult of self-improvement. Um, it has not been that way for a while, but people will still refer to the judge program as that. There have been a few things that have changed. So, reviews... And actually, before we jump in any yes. further, I definitely want to make out uh, one point, because it has been brought to my attention beforehand when I use that term. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the term that some people have called the judging program, judge community, for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the best term out there, because obviously judging is not a cult, and there are some not great connotations with that. But, I mean, we get the idea of what they're trying to convey there, which is we really care about self-improvement. And we make it a point to focus on self-improvement as a group and as a community. So, uh, I but mean, just pointing sure. out that, that word choice. Th- that would, that would be a choice. the greater it, good. It is a choice. I would also argue that what do you call people who slavishly devote themselves to making events better despite wizards canceling their program twice <laughs> and yet they're still excited to work events? That sounds a little cultish to me. I did see that Facebook comment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a little... I mean, we need, we need to own it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, right. So, reviews were integrated into the judging culture it was a it was expected to be in there people would actively seek out reviews it was a point of pride to receive reviews it was a point of pride to write reviews it was also required for advancements and it was required to keep your level it was part of maintenance okay um in the past that's that's changed a little bit and then over time the community aspect of judging changed and i will say that the the two things kind of resulted in i'll call it the the downfall of reviews 
and then one thing just killed it outright. Um, when TOs stopped getting foils for large events and had to start paying judges dollars, this is like 2014-2015, the community aspects of judging got deprioritized. Prior to that point, TOs could hire good community judges, judges that did good mentorship, good, you know, good training, good education, stuff like that as a reward and hire them as a reward. Starting in 2014, 2015, when they started having to part with real dollars, TOs kind of stopped caring about that and started caring more about how those judges do at events. Okay, so you tended to get more of the event, the only events focused judges. Okay, and that that deprioritized reviews. The next thing that deprioritized reviews was, I I believe, Exemplar. Okay, because Hmm. Exemplar was these little tiny tweet size, little positive shots of endorphins in people's arms. And when it came time to write a review, a well thought out, balanced review with positives and negatives, eh, I'll just write a 140 word uh, exemplar nomination and then they might get foils along with it. And, and so that kind of took a lot of the brain space up. So those two things resulted in the decline of reviews. Although one thing before the end of the program that we did, we did a massive, uh, we were able to send out foils to people who wrote a lot of reviews. Like we were able to pull quantities of reviews that people wrote, set some thresholds and sent out foils, distributed foils with an exemplar wave specifically for people that wrote reviews. That was one of the things I did as program coordinator because I I wanted to really prioritize that stuff. Um, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Then with with Judge Academy, writing reviews kind of sort of implied an employment relationship if they were requiring people write reviews of other Judge Academy members. So they really downplayed reviews. You could still write them uh, and instead replaced it with recommendations. Okay, you need to get a recommendation from an L2. You need to get a recommendation from an L3 to be able to do these things. You need, you know, in order to go up the next level. Not a review, just a recommendation. Yeah, because that really sounds like, oh, here's your annual review that, you know, determines your pay increase or whatever. Right. Or your bonuses. Right. But But also, like, that was actually in the lawsuit. That was one of the things that... Uh, brought up was that Wizards at the time in 2014 actually their website housed all of our reviews and they're the ones that required reviews and that kind of sounded like a from a for-profit business that that Mm. you know controls our tests and houses our reviews and gives TOs inputs onto whether or not we get hired for for events or not seems to imply a employee-employer relationship you know yeah but anyway That's a little bit of the history of reviews and why that's important now, why reviews are important now is because two, two predominant reasons. One, events have been coming back strong. Okay. Judges are going to these events. They are learning things and they are bringing them back home. And with Judge Foundry, they have actually, 
you know, they went live like two weeks ago, something like that. They have review requirements for leveling up. Like you need to, you need to write recommendation reviews. And because they're a nonprofit, they can. They can, they can require like real reviews. So here we are, however many minutes into the episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about what makes a, what makes a good review. Little basics. Some of the basics of doing a review. Little reviewsies. We're going to review reviews. We're going to introduce reviews. What's even cooler, in addition to all of that, is with Judge Foundry coming back, so too does Judge Apps. And Judge Apps has a very robust and helpful review tool. If you have not checked it out, we would encourage you to do so. But it has a lot of helpful fields to guide you in the first few steps of filling out your review. And then it has blocks of comments that you can use if you want, or you can modify to your, your uh, taste. You can tailor it however you need to. Um, but it's got three different text boxes that start off and they've got strengths and areas for improvement and comments. And those are just <laughs> kind of like those things that kind of help spark your, your writing efforts. I, I straight up always ignore that. Yeah, the, I do too. I change them. I, I change put everything them. in comments. <laughs> but but, but they are there that, and they are helpful for people who may feel uncomfortable writing their first review. Um, it's a nice little stepping stone to get you started. So um, I'm excited that Judge Apps is back to help us with this uh, because it makes a big difference to have a, a platform that encourages it if we're going to be doing it. Yep. Um, okay. So let's talk about the yeah the the goals. Let's let's revisit real quick. What are the goal goals of a review? So when I break down the goals of a review, it usually comes down to one of probably three topics. There might be some that you guys use as well, but for me, the first one is obviously going to be talking about feedback. Uh, I want to give feedback that's not just in the moment, but also well thought out and written down so that you can reference it, take some time take it in and absorb it uh, and be able to communicate feedback to somebody else, uh, good or bad. On top of that, I also use it as a development tool. Being able to sit down and point out something that maybe somebody at an event has asked you to give them feedback on uh, and having that kind of rapport and relationship where you can over time track somebody's development when it comes to a particular aspect of judging that they really care about developing uh, reviews are a huge tool to do that. And Charles already touched on this earlier, but looking back at your history of reviews, like that was genuinely a really exciting and like endorphin rush feel when I logged back into judge apps, went back at my reviews and went, Oh, here are all the reviews. And here's like the, my judging history. It's like, it's like your Spotify wrapped year in review, but for your <laughs> judging career, <laughs> And it was really cool to look back on because, like, for example, I'll, I'll kind of share one thing I do a lot. If there are larger events that I work and I have a particularly meaningful experience or something that I feel that I learned from that event, or even just I want to help remember it down the line for one reason or another, I'll write a self-review, which we're going to touch on in a little bit uh, as just a different type of review between you and you, but... Uh, I'll write a self-review to just document what happened at this event and be able to spark memories so that I can go back to that and talk about important parts of my own development as a judge. 
and being able to look back at that over the years, it's really exciting. And honestly, it's really humbling too, because I look back at some early reviews and go, oof, <laughs> yeah, not great, but gives me a spot to look back to and kind of see how far I've come and how much growth I've had as a judge. And, and I think in the last, I'll say four years, I think a lot of um, recommendation reviews that L1s and some L2s, like anyone that's come up in the judge, uh, the judge Academy era uh, has the potential to not know what a good review looks like. Like yeah. I, I, I feel like a bunch of advancement reviews or the recommendation reviews, and I have no evidence for this. Okay. So I'm clarifying that I have no evidence. However, I strongly suspect that they are basically some form of box checking, you know, little, little bit of information, a uh, little bit of information and then yep. Done a plus go. So we wanted to talk a little yeah, bit about reviews. We want to talk a little bit about reviews. So there's a question here. Is there a formula for reviews? And I don't quite understand what that means. Is there a way that every review should be written? Is there, oh. are, there, are there things that should be inside of a review or it's not a review? Um, like, is there a template or is there a checklist of things? What to makes what makes a review a review? <laughs> and, and, and the reason for that question there is because we want to highlight the fact that reviews can almost be anything. They really can. Um, you don't necessarily want to be uh, hitting on whether or not the judge ate breakfast that morning because, you know, really, does that have any bearing in what happened that day unless they get hangry? But what you do want to touch on or you want to touch on interactions that you personally see, that you are part of. Um, you can also touch on interactions that you hear about, but you need to be careful there and make sure that you're giving real weight to the fact that you don't necessarily, you did not necessarily participate in the interaction. The important thing I think with is there a formula is reviews need to be telling a story. And that's probably the most important part to me. You have to be able to sit there and say and, and narrate. You have to lay out what the setup was, what the pain point or what the learning moment was, and then what the outcome was afterwards and what they can do to improve later on down the road if there's an area for improvement. Sometimes a review includes something that was not uh, something that can be improved. It's just something that happened. Um, I can't think of a really great example. I'm sure Brian has like eight of them on his sleeve. <laughs> but the important thing is, is that a review, if it has a very basic formula, it's this. It's you get in, you set up what happened, you talk about it, and then what you can learn from it or what you can go on from with that. More complex, you can get into um, specific areas of growth that people should be looking to develop. You can talk about why you think they're great for advancement. You can do all different kinds of things, um, but but the basics are your average review starts with something that happened. So here's here's the thing where you ask if there's a formula while you were going on. I just went to chat GPT and gave a prompt of write an advancement review for an MTG judge from level two to level three. Focus on tournament logistics. And it spit out about 1,500 words that if you were to add some specific examples, it would be in a it'd be a really good review. ChatGPT, so, y'all. 
Yeah. There you go. Overview, expertise, planning, and execution. It even had vendor and resource management. Not that you actually care about the vendor supply chain. But again, you know. Wow. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want a formula, just, hey, Chad GPT, write this, write, write a review for me and see what format it comes up with. Cause the for, the format's actually really good. The words in between, because I said focus on logistics, like it uses logistics like a lot, hmm. you know. But anyway, yeah, ChatGPT is really good at looking like it's talking about something good. Okay, <laughs> so I, I think there's something else to the the formula aspect of this as well, because the formula, everything Charles said was absolutely correct about the formula of what a review is and what you should include in there. But I think there is part of the process that is a bit formulaic as well. And I think that does really start with getting buy-in from the judge that you're going to write a review for and getting their, I want to say permission, but really it's more their buy-in that you want to write a review for them. And and the reverse. Uh, And the reverse. So if you need a review written of you, getting the buy-in of the person who will potentially do the review for you later. You know, hundred percent. I literally this it, morning reached out to another judge who I'm going to be working with in basically two months from now to talk with them about getting feedback at the event, and that's really important because reviews have to have substance. They have to have something meaningful, and sometimes you just get caught up in getting the tasks done, answering the calls, performing what you need to do during the event. And then before you know it, the end of the event comes around and you don't have anything of substance because you didn't prioritize working with that judge, observing that judge, asking that judge questions during the event. And so having that buy-in early on is a huge aspect of the formula to getting a good review is just making sure you have a target to aim at and you have something to work off of. I I would tweak that a little bit obviously if you want a review ask for one if you're planning on if you go into the event planning on writing a review you know like i need to write a review for somebody you should probably you should probably ask them uh but sometimes you don't actually know that you want to write a review until an incident happens good or bad and Mm -hmm. so i would instead of saying getting buy-in i would probably phrase it as if you're going to write, if you're going to submit a review to somebody, don't do it cold. Like, have a conversation mm. with them. Like, nothing in that review should necessarily, um, I say nothing, but. Should necessarily the, be a surprise. The, the chunks of, it shouldn't be a surprise. Right. Hey, yeah. I've, I've, I'd like to, hey, that interaction that we had earlier today that we talked about, I'd like to submit a review or something along those lines. That kind of thing. Yeah, so, that's a that's a better way to to phrase that. I guess that makes sense because not always planning it out. It's always not that methodical. Spur of the moment reviews definitely do happen. Yeah, a- ambushing a fellow judge in a review that you write, you know, a few days after the event, and the judge has no idea that it's coming. It's not great. Yeah, especially if there's anything negative in there that that can come off as attacking or uh, even just confrontational in a way that. You might not think of even if you have good intentions. I have been told by several people that getting an email notification that there's a review for them in their inbox is stress-inducing. Yeah, I can and, see that for yeah. I've some seen people. some people have that same kind of reaction, right? right. And like part part of me is like, 
I mean, yeah, but you gotta get over that. But at the same time, you you do want to to minimize that thing. So giving the person a, a heads up, or at least having the conversation so that they they know to expect it, they know it's coming, is probably a best practice. Yeah, that, and that's why and we're also, talking about this because there's that yeah. hesitation of like, oh, is this criticism? What are they going to tell me? Like, oh, how am I terrible at this thing that I really care about? You know, and and that can really overwhelm you. And 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 oh. I'm going to be Brian for two seconds. Brian's going to be really okay. proud of me. I'm I'm sure. Okay, awesome. Okay. Are, are yeah. you ready? Criticism's yeah. important to the process. <gasps> okay, you can't yes. get better. You can't get better if you're not told where you're making a mistake. All right. Yeah. And sometimes 100%. that's hard to hear and i'm sorry for that and i will try and wrap it in as nice a bow as possible but not everybody can or does or thinks it's as important and that's not the message the message is is that you need to hear something and sometimes it's going to hurt your feelings or or maybe not hurt your feelings but just be uncomfortable yes like realistically what what do you learn more from your mistakes or your successes and everyone is going to say, oh, I learned more from my mistakes. Well, there you go. That that means that, you, you know. As somebody who's made an exorbitant amount of mistakes in my judging career, absolutely true. Right. What is it Bender, Bender said? Oh, being bad at something's the first step in getting good at it. Like, <laughs> that's that's a thing. So there you go. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. So we've talked about, so base, basic reviews. So you are, you want to write a review. Okay. Typically what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to bound the review. What is the purpose of this review? Are you reviewing a specific incident? Are you reviewing a specific event? Uh, 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 event as in like a tournament as opposed to an incident words are hard mm -hmm. um are you writing a recommendation review for a level in which you are evaluating an attribute or attributes across multiple events you know that that kind of thing so you want to figure out what you're what you're reviewing where your boundaries are and you want to evaluate what your goal is of the review and I'll give you a hint as to what your goal should be. It should be helping the other person. If you're writing a review and you're like, I'm going to put them on blast and blah, 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 blah. You're not being helpful, right? Nope. There, there are, There is such a thing as malicious reviews. They tend not to be helpful. Now, I will say that you can get a nasty review. But the person who wrote it will probably not have written it to be nasty, okay? Really long, in-depth, detailed reviews are hard. And realistically, you don't put a lot of thought and a lot of work into into trying to improve someone that you don't like, okay? Yeah. So even, even negative reviews, they took time, and there's probably some stuff in there. But the goal of you writing a review should be to be helpful. And that may include saying negative things. It will probably include saying positive things. But if your goal is to not help the other person, just stop and um, go yell on Twitter. A, a, a or friend, X. yeah, a, a friend of the <laughs> show is a Paul Baronet uh, bears to to 
all of us, many of us, is a fan of the philosophy of radical candor. And in a nutshell, that means that if you have trust between the two different people, that you can say things that are necessary uh, and sometimes are very direct. And a review should have that type of language in it. It shouldn't be overly wishy-washy because then you're not sharing anything of import anyway. Um, a review does need to share things in a way that are candid. And that can be hard to hear sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It is important to make sure that you have that sort of relationship with the person. Trust is a key word there. Or just don't care and be candid. <laughs> well, yeah. But then, but then why are you writing the review? We're going to come back to that in a minute. I'm making a face. Yeah, but then why are you writing the review? You're writing the review. No, sorry. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm being radically candid because, (laughs) and I don't know you that well simply because I can't be another way. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. (laughs) So let's, um, you've got a note in here that says reviews are smart. I know what the, I know that the acronym means something yeah. Specific. Yeah. Uh, and- SMART is an acronym for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Um, one or two of those words are interchangeable depending on where you learned what SMART is. Um, but s- the idea that reviews should be SMART um, is a helpful guideline to how you write it. They should be specific. You know, you should be talking about things that are actionable. They should be measurable. That's more or less important. They should be attainable. Okay. Uh, reviews should should offer a path forward for people that shares with them goals that can be met that they're capable of 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 doing. Uh, they should be relevant. You know, there's no reason to give a person a review about their deck checking ability when they were on end of round or whatever the example <laughs> may be there. Um, and they should be and they should be timely. Okay. Um, and in this case, I'm going to use time as a measure of when the review is given relative to the event. Um, I don't expect people to go home from the event after a five-hour drive, after having worked for 10 hours, and sit down and bang out a, a review for somebody. I do expect them to find the time in the next week to at least get the thoughts down on paper so that you don't lose things that are important. Um, and hopefully deliver it within a short time period after that so that uh, the person who's being reviewed has a chance to accept the information and see it and, and realize that, yeah, this is something that happened, as opposed to two months have passed and have little recollection of the actual interaction. So, um, review. Yeah, I'll give review. a real world example to that. Yeah. I just logged back into Judge Apps when uh, Judge Foundry was coming up and I jumped to my reviews area and there was a draft of a review that I was writing for someone from magic fest new jersey 2019 if i were to submit that review to them now it would be completely and utterly useless do, do it though it's just been too long the things we i put in there do, do it though not relevant anymore it's it's not for me was it no oh because because if it was i'd tell you to do it but i i, I get it though it's <laughs> Just submit it and be like, what do you mean you just got it? I submitted that years ago. (laughs) Can can I tell you something else with the submission and everything else? When we submit it in Judge Apps, it's kind of of more official. There's no reason you can't take the draft of your your review of somebody and share it with them before you process it through Judge Judge Apps. Get some some feedback from them. Make sure that you're you're not missing something that was in 
terribly important to them in the moment. Anyway, uh, reviews so review should be smart. Yeah. So let's let's talk about let's talk about smart because those acronyms specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Those are um, see. Look at that. It worked. The acronym worked. I was able to remember all of them. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be super detailed. Like every time that you write a review doesn't have to contain all of those things. Oh no. Because that's a that's a relatively daunting list. No, it's a it's okay. a goal. Yeah, it's Okay. Yeah. But let's let's give an example of what something would look like. Let's say I'm going to make a make a judge up scenario on the fly and do a review and say like, all right, um we were working a or I was a player in an RCQ and while you were doing deck checks, there was a judge. There was a judge call that was relatively involved. It took your attention for a few minutes, and when you went back and resumed doing the, de- or I noticed before you left the deck check, you asked a store employee to watch the deck since it was on the counter. You returned, and after realizing that three minutes was there. I could tell it looks like you just checked the sideboard, checked the sleeves, didn't complete the deck check, and then returned the deck to the uh, to the player. That shows a good situational awareness of how much work that you had to do, how much work that you uh, lost to the judge call, and that you didn't want to give a time, uh, an extension, so you instead focused on the most common issues, which is sideboard problems, sleeve problems, before returning the deck, and you kept the time extensions to a minimum. You know, that that is that demonstrates a lot of the a lot of the values of smart goals. Right. Right. And and you'll notice that that particular thing, what the judge did, okay, is significant, is something that we want to call out, is something that a good judge will do. And we wanted to have a positive reinforcing review. Now, just as easily, that could have gone the other way. I noticed that there was a long call, you didn't ask the judge or you didn't ask anyone to watch the deck. This is this should be a thing that you do because if that deck gets stolen, you are liable for it, or the, mm-hmm. the tournament organizer is. And then when you returned, you did a full deck check. You ended up giving them a 15-minute extension. They used the whole 15 minutes. You didn't remind the player to shuffle afterwards, uh, resulting in a bad... You know, things things like that. Like, it could have gone completely the other way. And while it might feel like you're kind of hammering at that person, you definitely want to explain, like, this is the negative thing that you did, and this is why it's why it is consequential, you know? Because realistically, the person might not might have been like, "Oh, I didn't think to ask the, the the guy behind the counter to watch the deck." Yeah, it would have sucked if that thing had gotten stolen. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an example of of a single incident review. Yep, excellent. So we should go over some of the finer points of reviews. I think we've really been been hitting a lot of these, but. One of the first things that comes to mind is is that the review is not the end of the process. If anything, a review is the beginning of the process, okay? Um, you have the incident, it happens, you have the event, it happens, you have the 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 growth for this for the review for leveling up that happens. 
you get this review, you have it in your hands, you're looking at it, and you're like, okay, cool, I need to work on X, Y, and Z. So you're going to go to another event two weeks later, a month later, two months later, and you're going to have a chance to apply what you've learned through the review. You're going to maybe have questions, and you can turn back to the person who gave you the original review, or you can talk to a mentor and say, hey, um, I have this review. It says that I should be working on uh, this aspect of speeding up my deck checks, or I should be working on making sure I have better situational awareness during end of round. Um, what are some tips that I can do? What are some things that I can employ? You said this in my review. Um, how can I roll that into my next event and make sure I'm, I'm, I'm being um, attentive to the details that I need to? And then you go to the next event and you put some of these things to practice and you come out of it and you're like, wow, that was awful. No, seriously. Uh, you come out of it and you say, <laughs> wow, that was great. I feel so much better about myself. You know what you do with that information? You turn around and you apply it again and again and again, but you also teach somebody else how to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay? It's a whole big honking circle. And if you're not sharing what you've learned, you're not growing. Yeah, there's the phrase that if you don't truly learn until you teach, and that 100% holds true for learning in the judging program. You have to teach someone to really reinforce the things you've been learning to be a better judge and reviews are a great way to do that absolutely because it forces you to think about things in a different perspective you know yeah so on top of that there are a lot of different types of reviews we already kind of touched on some of them but i mean there's the basic event review but there's also different review types where for example we already talked about how in judge apps, when you create a new review, it's kind of pre-filled for you with, here's what you did well, here's what needs improvement, and here's just some comments. But I've received plenty of reviews where it was one giant block of text. I received reviews that were eight or nine sections long, each with individual focuses on qualities of a level that I was trying to achieve at the time when I was going for level three. They broke it down by every single one of the factors that they measure level threes by and give me a specific detailed review on every one of those qualities. And those are the much more in-depth ones. But don't feel like you are stuck to a specific format or a particular kind of box when you're writing re your reviews. If there is something you really want to focus on or a way that you feel is most effective to get the information across to the person you're trying to review... Do that. Find the way that's going to impact them the most. If it's somebody who like really gets concerned about negative feedback, maybe you want to make it like a feedback sandwich where you have positive, a negative, and then reinforce with a positive at the end before you sum everything up. Just find something that's going to connect with that person and just adapt to who you're reviewing because we're all going to take feedback differently. We're all going to uh, internalize things differently and you have to adapt. Absolutely. Um, a, another thing to consider when when talking about reviews and, and we look at them as holistically from top to bottom is that there's a sense that reviewing down is easy and it's common. Reviewing up is rare and it's difficult. Um, reviewing down, that references when an L2 plus 
might review an L1, okay? Um, we um, take for granted that higher levels may have something to share. Um, it's not necessarily always that way, but that's typically what a review ends up being. If we, if we look at all of the reviews taken over all of time, um, I would be feel very safe in saying probably half of them are an L2 reviewing an L1, maybe more, okay? Hmm. Um, but the concept of reviewing up, though, is this weird, almost unicorn-style review. Um, an L1 reviewing, well, we now have five levels, reviewing an L4, okay? That's rare. It doesn't happen, but it doesn't have to be. If you're an L1 and you're in an event and you have an interaction with an L2 or an L3 or an L5 and you think it's worthy of review, talk to them about it, write the review. It's great. I can't tell you how appreciative they can be of the fact that you point out something that maybe you didn't understand and you get into the nitty gritty details of a communication you had with them. Okay. Sometimes people take for granted that you just are going to know something and communicating back upwards in a review um, that you didn't understand instructions that were given and how they could have been better is a net positive for everybody. So feel free to review up. You should be doing that. So all the L1s out there listening, um, if you get a chance to review an L2 or an L3, do it. Knock yourself out. They'll love it. Yeah, and let me let me talk a little bit about <clears throat> some of the psychology of reviewing up or reviewing down. Okay. As an L3 doing a review, and I'm saying like an old old L3, uh, reviewing a level one or a new L2, you need to be cognizant that your words have greater impact because the higher number means that there is a higher impact. Okay. Regardless of whether or not that's true, that's a lot of times the perception. A great, a greater so, expectation even. Right. Right. I, I am. So, so there is an expectation when reviewing down to, to be more of a, to be kinder um, in, <laughs> in what you would say and, and be more informative and more educational and basically be more chill, okay? Uh, for reviewing up, there's, first off, if you are a level one, you might not have gotten a lot of reviews, so you don't have a whole lot of examples of what a good review looks like, okay? So you might be intimidated by the fact of reviewing a person. But again, reviews don't have to be negative. They can be positive stuff. Hey, I really appreciate the time you took to explain that particular ruling with me. I didn't really understand how um, this particular uh, uh, trigger interacted with the new Cavern of Ixalan card. You know, I was having trouble and you finally explained it to me in a way that I could get. You know, those are those are things that is a review. OK, they don't have to be super detailed. They don't have to reveal the secrets of the universe. You don't have to spend however many billions of years coming up with the answer 42. Um, <laughs> and here's the other thing. Higher level judges, we don't get reviews. So we love them. Yeah, really. Love them. Really. Yeah. Okay. Except when they're negative and then how dare you. Um, <laughs> that, 
uh, and I'm, I'm being a little glib, glib, but at the same time, uh, that is a that is a problem with some uh, some higher level judges. I have seen. In fact, we did you know, pull back the curtain. Um, we did an episode of JudgeCast many, many years ago that was talking about how to review up and review down. And the inspiration for that was there was a judge who was poorly handling being reviewed up. And they mm. had very much a how dare they kind of mentality. And I saw that and I was like, hey, I got an idea for an episode. Let's talk about this. Because, um, I mean, ultimately, the, the perspective is always best idea wins. It doesn't matter whether it comes from the L3, the L5, the L1. If you have something insightful, if you have something valuable, if you have something to talk about that is meaningful, it has value and it's valid. But some people are worried like, oh, well, they're they're a mighty L3 or in a mighty L5. They, they clearly know everything. It's like, no, everybody has room to improve it may yeah. be harder to find something to really improve upon with certain higher level judges because of their experience, their background, things that they've seen. You might not see everything about it, but that's where the conversation comes in with that judge where you go, Hey, I noticed you did this. Can you tell me why you did or what your thought process was there so that you can understand and kind of narrow down, is this something that they can improve on? Or is it just they're considering other things that I haven't thought of? Yep. Okay, so the next thing is, I, I called this the four suits of reviews and feedback. And then I put the note, Brian will explain. And I ran across this. I did a conference presentation two-ish years ago on receiving feedback. Like, how to receive feedback. And I was doing some some research, and by doing research, I mean uh, uh, reading some blogs and watching some YouTube videos. You know, as your pop pop means when he says that he researched something. Um, and I and I ran across, yeah, research. I did research, and I ran across a very interesting concept uh, called uh, it was called like the four suits or something like that. And there are there's detailed reviews and vague reviews and then there's positive reviews and negative reviews and when by negative i mean you know for positive i mean like stuff that you should keep doing and negative reviews being stuff that you should stop doing okay and when you combine those four things those those two categories together you get four combinations you get the uh positive vague review okay and that's uh, that's a heart. It's full of love and puppy dogs and makes you feel great and good. Um, there's the vague bad review that's like a club that hits you over the head. Then the other two is the positive specific review being a diamond. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's something valuable and precious. You got a specific positive review. And then the spade being the detailed negative review. And the spade is the one that does digging and does work and, and helps you and helps you really improve. And the kind of the approach was when you get feedback and when you give feedback, you really want it to be either a diamond or a spade. Mm. OK, which really just boils down to you want specific, you know, you want specifics. But yeah. getting some getting a review that's vague, writing a review that's vague, 
that's that's full of yeah hey it was great i loved working with you you're a really awesome judge and can't wait to work another rc with you that <laughs> that i got nothing out of that review other than this person likes me yep it's the cotton candy of reviews all right. fluff no substance right so what you want to do is is you want to when you write a review when you go back and read it and try and figure out, like, what's this other person going to actually get out of this review? Because if I just like the person, well, then I can just message them on, on Facebook and say, like, hey, I like... Not in a creepy way, though, you know? <laughs> let's... <laughs> hey, I like you. Um, let's, let's not let's be like, creepy, like, though. like, Brian, not like. Oh, sorry. And I like <laughs> like you. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, that's kind of basically the gist, is you want to think about how the review is don't just think about the information you want to put on the page. Think about how the other person is going to receive that information. Okay. Is it a spade? Is it a diamond? Is it a heart? Is it a club? I love that. That's a really cool perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. That's why I put in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was super novel and super visual and, you know, it's like, I don't care if there isn't any science behind it. Ah, this is what I believe now. Yep. As you do when you watch YouTube videos. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, so self-reviews, huh? Yeah, yeah. Those are a different animal. They uh, are. Because I kind of suspect I know how the person who's getting that self-review is going to take take the information. Uh, self-reviews are a weird mix of review. You know, you're not necessarily reviewing one particular event. Or, or incident. What you're trying to do is you're trying to look at who you are, where you are, what your strong points are, what your weak points are, areas that you're going to work on improving over the next year, um, what your goals might be for some events coming forward. And it's as much as reviews in general are about growth and making you better, self-reviews are your ability to sit there and say, I hold myself accountable. They're useful. Um, you can write a self-review at any point in time. It used to be in the old, old program. Uh, you had to write a self-review as a part of becoming an L3, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an important rite of passage. You had to deal with nine or ten different areas where you had to evaluate your strengths, your weaknesses, um, what you need to do to get better. Um, and it wasn't required for an L2 or for an L1, but in, but any judge level can write one. Just like any judge level can write a review of, of somebody that's uh, a higher level than them, anyone can sit down and write a self-review. So um, they're important for personal growth, for marking a point in time and saying, this is where I am now, and this is where I hope to be in a year or in six months or in two years. And then you come back at that time frame, and say, hey, have I achieved my goals? Have I done what I set out to do? Um, and, and what can I do to continue to improve? What can I do to right the ship, as it were, if it's gone a little sideways? Self-reviews are just, they're just great tools. I, I think we should all be making more use of them than we do. I think even under the old program, they were rarely used outside of L2s looking for L3 advancement. But there's no reason that you can't sit down and do one. Right. And and they don't have to be something super uh, detailed or complicated. Like, they just kind of show that you were 
had a little bit of introspection regarding the event. Like, uh, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. Um, because I can only do a self review for myself. Uh, this, <laughs> I mean, I could try to do a self review for you, Marcos, but, um, I would so love to I, see that actually. <laughs> I, I had an RC, I had an RCQ this weekend. And so a self review would be something along the lines of, you know, Hey, Brian, I think, uh, I approached this event a little lax. Okay, you arrived 15 minutes before the event instead of your normal half hour. Uh, you skipped deck checks in round two because you just kind of YOLO'd it. Now, you did handle you know this particular call and this particular call uh, well, and you had a difficult player. There was a player who was having a very difficult time understanding the interactions, and I think you did a great job handling, uh, handling their near-term concerns and then addressing the concerns afterwards. Uh, you did spend a little bit too much time chatting with the TO and should have been watching Magic a little bit more. Also, there was that life total discrepancy that you picked up on. So, you know, during the top eight, so good on you for for catching that particular problem. You know, just little little stuff like that. Like, because, and yeah, there were some things that I did really well, which is when you walk up and watch Magic and look at a table, like I was checking life totals and I found a good number of discrepancies that I was able to, you know, step in and correct those particular issues before they became something problematic. But at the same time, I spent a little bit too much time chatting, you know, instead of watching, instead of watching Magic. So that is a valid comment, something that I need to be aware of and, you know, that's that's a fine type of thing for a self-review. And it shows that you're reflective and it shows that you can look at what you need to do to improve and continue to get a little bit better. Awesome. That's totally off the cuff, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love self-reviews. Uh, I mentioned beforehand, I'm one of the few people... Well, I'm a very introspective person in general, so I love the concept of self-reviews. And I was often writing them without any requirements, too. Even though now... With Judge Foundry, uh, self-reviews are a requirement for advancing to level 4 and level 5. But even without those requirements, it's still just a super valuable thing for you to learn about yourself and just take a minute and really put your experience and your thoughts onto the page and document it and be accountable to it. Like Charles said, accountability is a huge aspect of self-reviews. Awesome. So what's, what's feedback lash? Feedback lash is I I don't know who coined the phrase I absolutely love it but feedback lash is something to consider when when you take the route of not getting buy-in from the subject of your review or even if you do get buy-in but the person receiving the review expects something significantly nicer or more positive than what they actually receive feedback lash as you can imagine from the name of it is the reactive and typically defensive reaction that somebody has to a negative review and really this is something that can come up when for example you blindside somebody out of nowhere uh i'll i'll never forget there was one point where i was working with another judge this was early on when i was uh i had just first become a level two i think it was my first event as a level two actually now that i think about it and I was review happy and wrote a review for somebody who I saw had a not fantastic experience or interaction uh, at an SCG event. And 
the person was actually extremely defensive about it because it was something that they knew was a problem for themselves. And when they saw that review come in, highlighting and shining a spotlight on this thing they were already very insecure about, it really hit them the wrong way. And they got very reactive. Now, they didn't like lash out at me, but they definitely were being very hard on themselves and it really like shut them down. So feedback lash isn't necessarily something that always comes at you it could be something that really makes that person that judge spiral because of something that you had no idea about so think about that when you're talking to a judge and this is why that buy-in or at least that that prep that hey this was an, an interaction that we talked about i'd like to write a review for you about this and you know is there anything you want me to know before i write that review or just opening that dialogue makes it so that they can mentally prepare for it, that they can be in the right headspace to receive that information. Because if they're not, that can come back and hit you real bad. Because identifying negative things about yourself, that's hard, y'all. Like, there is, there are times, especially as you're going higher up in the judging program, that you will be given feedback and insights to yourself. And this is me being very honest about experiences I've had, but you will find out things about yourself that you never realize that will make you question like who you are as a person, like <laughs> things that you never notice, but people over time tracking your behaviors and observing you and interacting with you will highlight, Hey, did you ever notice this about yourself? And then all of a sudden you look at that and you're just like jaw hits the floor and you're like, Whoa, I never knew that about myself. And now everything is different, but that's a part of the process. And that's something that's really important to being not just a better judge, but just a better person in general. So yeah. all that to say, feedback lash is a real thing. Keep that in mind. Engage with the person that you're trying to review. And also have some grace with somebody if they do come at you with some backlash after a review. Obviously, within certain limits. Like if you come at me with a punch uh, and swing and then, okay, Whoa. I'm not going to be as gracious, but... You know, if you're very reactive, but then take a minute to settle down and come at me maybe a few days later and go, actually, you know, I took some time and you weren't necessarily wrong about what you pointed out. And we can have a discussion there because when you're talking these real things that matter when you're trying to review somebody, it can stir up some heavy stuff. And in regard to feedback, there are some judges with resistance to feedback or protection from feedback. They have that ability. Oh. Okay, where you can, their their neg their defensive reaction is denial. Okay, and this is mm -hmm. this is really hard to distinguish between, you know, because it's it's very easy to say no, you the reviewer are wrong, you know, when you're incentivized to protect yourself like mentally you're incentivized to protect yourself from attacks so mm -hmm. it's no 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 what they said isn't true they're wrong <laughs> okay and that may very well be true okay and this is one of the hard things is how do you know how do you tell take think about what they said do the review or read the review look at the information ponder on it ponder that orb and don't respond immediately, because if you respond immediately, you're going to be in defensive mode. Okay, so that's 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 the only thing is I would say don't be afraid of giving negative feedback to someone who 
needs it, just do you the due diligence so that it's not a surprise and doesn't catch them off guard. However, you will find that there are some people that you just need to give up on and not give them feedback because they don't take it well. I used to work with one of those people in my old job, and oh boy, they yep. I they had the definition of a failure to agree on reality. All right. Favorite reviews slash stories. Ooh. I think we've done a lot of them already. <laughs> do you have a favorite? Yeah, we kind of pulled in from a lot of real life stuff. I, I do have one. Um, it is the story of my very first review. Ooh. Um, yes. So I wrote a review. I went to a GP and I was, I forget what role I was in. I was, uh, think just a vanilla floor judge. And I did a review of another L. I was an L1 at the time. Uh, because back then L1s required comp, uh, comp or L, uh, knowledge. So I was, I was on the floor and I was working with another L1 and the review that I wrote for them was so smug. It was like, this person's got better, better not rules knowledge that I would consider for a normal L1. And it was just, it, it was just dripping with you know, like this smug superior attitude of I knew what an L1 does. Does I'm an L1 myself. I had no clue. And I went <laughs> back and read that. And uh, Riki did a My First Review project you know, about five years ago where he asked people to submit their first review and a little bit of commentary on it. And I submitted mine. I was like, this is... I've reached out and apologized to this judge for just how smug that thing was. Like, I wasn't saying anything bad about the judge. I was just saying, like, yes, I think his rules knowledge is above average for a level one judge. It's more than we expect. Uh, his policy knowledge was, I would say, above par. You know, it was that kind of just, oh, just going back. It's so cringy. How's the weather up there? Yeah, it's really cringy. <laughs> it's really, really cringy. Um. So yeah, that was that was a review. The the other um I have written like one or two other reviews that actually had some points where the person when they got it they were like, Holy crap, I didn't realize I was doing that kind of thing. So that that was that made me feel good. Awesome. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So we talked a lot about what reviews are, what they should be, what they should contain contain, um, what they look like. Uh, in different formats and and how we relate to them. What are some important things that we should not be doing with reviews? I, I mean, we talked about all these great things, and and we can't not highlight um, what some bad habits might be with reviews okay. or bad things to do. Right? Here's the number one bad thing to do with a review. Okay, is not confirm the name of the person you're submitting the review for and submit the <laughs> review for the wrong person. Woof. Ooh, that's rough. Have you done that, Brian? The, I have not done that, but I have been one of the people that has had to fix that on occasion. Mm. Not great. Yes. Make sure you're reviewing the person that you actually thought think that you're reviewing. Yeah, because I don't know if we ever mentioned this, but reviews and like the reviews you receive and the reviews you write, they're not publicly available or visible on judge apps like they are for you and the people involved alone like not sure if that was clear or not but like i can't just go in and see like brian 
talking down to somebody else as an no. almighty L1 and his whole history of reviews like no 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 I only ever see any review that I have written of Brian or Brian has written of me right uh but also actually let me correct something I just said so yes the reviews are for you and for the person who is involved in the review and a select few people who are able to see the reviews in Judge Apps, specifically the people on the committees who are looking at your reviews for things like advancement. If you're trying to advance to a new level and you need to confirm that you've done a certain number of reviews, well, they're not just going to take you at your word for it. They're going to actually look to confirm that you've written these reviews. But it's not like these are just generally publicly available for just anybody to go review. So they have a feature called share reviews, which I think they added that where you could share the review with the committee with whatever committee. So it's not that the committee just has access to all of your reviews. You have to go and find the reviews and say, grant, 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 grant. Yeah. My, my understanding is only one or two people can actually see everything. And the one or two people that Mm -hmm. can see everything don't care. Um, they're busy making sure that everything else is functioning. Um, and there's too many reviews. There's to too many reviews care to care. One of them, anyway. So, so, so yeah. when you write a review for somebody else, rest assured, um, it's between you and that person. Unless that person chooses to share it with somebody else by copying, pasting, and sharing it, um, which does happen. So keep that in mind as you write a review. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know. Um. <laughs> that's a, That's another thing not to do. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk. You'd be a little yeah. bit of a jerk. Part of that radical but candor. Then you're not being part- a jerk. It's with it's with reason, right? It's jerk. Be a jerk with a heart. Yeah, be, be, justify your jerkiness. Yeah. It's like zero <laughs> with. It's the old tardiness policy of zero with a heart. It's be a jerk with a heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure, sure. Don't don't submit reviews that are two to three sentences. Um, if you've been asked to do feedback, and if that's the best you can come up with, talk to the person. Tell them that you don't have enough for review. Because it's not a review when it's two to three sentences. It's yeah. a statement. It's it's a waste it's of everybody's tweet. time. Or what what are what are tweets called now? Excretes. They're called tweets. We don't care. We don't care. They're tweets. We don't Excretes. care. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's 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 one of those. If it's only two to three sentences. Yep. You, you don't have a character limit. Yep. Or if you do, we haven't found it yet. Yep. The limit does not exist. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, be honest with somebody if they ask for a review. Uh, don't just string them along and say like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Just do it or tell them no. Yeah. There's that's 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 a really big thing. Like as judges, we hate telling people no, and instead we'll just tell them yes and then passively aggressively not do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as the person being reviewed. Don't ask for feedback at the end of the event or after. Don't, it, and by that, what I mean is is you show up Friday or you show up Saturday morning or whenever. You put in a full weekend. You're walking out the door Sunday and you turn to the person who was in charge of your team or you turn to somebody who you, know, you talk to a couple times over the weekend and you say, by the way, I need a review for this weekend. Could you please write one for me? Don't be that person. If you want a review... Reach out to the, your team lead uh, in advance of the event. Um, if you don't have that ability to communicate that far in advance, when you walk in the door and you sit down for your first meeting, say, hey, I'm working towards this. 
Um, I would appreciate some level of feedback or review by the end of the weekend if that's possible. If you keep an eye on me, um, don't 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 walk into it like that. Conversely, if you're the kind of person that likes to write reviews, and I know more than a few people out there do, you can walk in Friday morning and say, "Hey, one of my goals this weekend is to write a review for somebody. Does anybody need one?" That's fine. All right. But but don't be that person yeah. Sunday night walking out the door saying, hey, can you write one for me? Uh, because nobody's taking notes and they're not going to be able to formulate, in most cases, really cohesive and important feedback for you. So it's a waste of everybody's time. On top of that, don't just hit submit immediately, especially if it's harsher or more critical feedback, like we discussed with Feedback Lash. Uh, consider discussing the feedback and maybe sharing a draft of the feedback and the review that you wrote with the person before officially submitting it because it's one of those things that once you get that email of, hey, here's a review, it's an exciting thing. And if you go in there and it's just somebody going to town on you and it can be really bad. So like, make sure you offer them that ability to read it ahead of time, get some input. Here's an example uh, of where talking to someone, uh, I remember this was a SCG event in Dallas, uh, 700 players, I was head judge, and the event was like two just long corridors with a, with a, with a walkway down the middle, with the, with the stage at one end, and the event was set up to shrink away from the stage, <laughs> and... <laughs> One of the pieces of event uh, uh, of information I got at the end of the event when I sat down and was going over things, um, Hibbs uh, Hibbs was the reviewer, and he was like, he said, "You weren't on the stage a lot this event, you know. So it was, you know, whenever we'd look up at the stage, you weren't there. You were always down on the floor." And I was like, and I was like, okay. And he and he went on about how. You know, as head judge, you need to be visible and people need to be able to find you and all of that kind of information. And I was like, okay. And that information seems very, very negative. And when I was talking to him, though, I said, yes, I agree. However, where I was, I was in that aisle in the middle of the event. Meaning if you were walking to the stage, you would walk right by me. And because the event was shrinking away from the stage... I don't want someone, if there's an appeal or an investigation, walking past 40 empty tables to come and find me. I want to be there. So I kind of chased the event after we started the round and after I made sure all the scorekeeper stuff was done. I kind of moved with the event. And he was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I understand now. And so that was a potential situation where something was going to be negative feedback and actually turned into a positive where it was like, oh, I didn't realize that you were doing that. And then that information went from being a negative to a positive because of the communication. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. So that's just kind of an example of don't necessarily make assumptions when you're doing the review. Uh, do uh, talk to people and consider, you know, don't just fire off a review. Yeah, don't don't write a review or fire it off in isolation either. There are two people involved in the review, and they should both have a say in it. Um, 
don't, uh, if you are, don't sit down and go, I'm going to write a review and then sit down and stare at a blank sheet of paper and try to figure out what you're going to write. Like, don't decide that you're going to write a review after the, uh, uh, you've, you've left the event kind of thing. Like, like review should have purposes. You're trying to address, uh, you're either trying to, you know, tell them that they did something great or do some sort of corrections. Don't just write a review and then you don't really have a goal in writing it. You're just wasting words at that point. Yep. One thing I want to stress is don't be clever at the cost of the event. Uh, if you're asked to write a review for somebody and halfway through the day on Saturday, they're doing deck checks. And for whatever reason, they're taking 15 minutes for every deck check. Don't sit there and write it down in your little notepad that, okay, um, judge X was taking 15 minutes for every deck check. I'm going to talk to them about that at the review. You can talk to them about that in the review, but put the pen down and go and talk to the judge then and find out what's going on. Why are deck checks taking them 15 minutes? What can we do to make sure that they're not taking 15 minutes? You know, it, it, just because it's good material for review, and believe me, it is, doesn't mean that we can't pause and try and remediate a situation that's happening in the moment. Yeah. And also, don't re write a review or submit a review six months, or in my case, four years after you originally started writing it or after it was asked of you. Just know when to cut your losses and look for something newer and fresher to actually write a review about. Yeah. Cool. So we've reviewed reviews. And huzzah. Huzzah. And any um any closing thoughts in regards to reviews? I love reviews. In fact, I'm super happy because I just got a notification that I got a review right now. I can't say how much reviews are helpful to your development, helpful to just understanding where you are, where you've come from, where you're going, like, it's just so good overall, especially when you take the care to do it the right way and oh, not just like, review? oh, I did. I did get a review. During the recording of this of this podcast? Yeah, funny enough, from huh. another host of this podcast. Funny. Crap. Does that mean I have to go look? <laughs> no. <laughs> Aw. Um... The one thing I want to say is is that we used to, as a part of the feedback cult um, that we were... Culture. Culture. I, I, I like that better. As, as a part of the feedback culture that we were all so proudly a part of, um, we used to have goals going into events. And a lot of people, a very simple goal would be, I'm going to write a review after this event. I encourage everybody to consider doing that. You know, you don't have to do it. Sure. Nobody's holding your feet to the fire. Um, but if you're going to be working an event with multiple other judges, why not write a review? It takes a half hour. It's a great point of um, a great chance for growth for both you and the person who receives the review. And it's just a great feeling to be able to share to help people get better and, and you yourself included. So, um my closing thought would be, I hope that people are encouraged and want to go out and start to write reviews again. Brian, any last thoughts? Gee, was, was that... Was... <laughs> no, I have no more thoughts. Oh, that's it? L literally none. No <laughs> more thoughts. It was. 
So, so then that's our episode. Don't worry, Brian. You'll be getting some feedback on this after the show. Oh, okay. Oh, good, 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 good. <laughs> I'm glad he asked for it, too. Um, so, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> Look, sometimes you just have to be direct. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of radical candor is good for the soul. Yep. Uh, all right. So that's our episode. Uh, join us next time when we put a bow on 2023 and try to get out of this year without anything terrible happening. No, I don't know about anything. That's not a precursor. We just want to get through the end of the year. Until then, you can send <laughs> us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast and on blue sky at judgecast.bsky.social and check out any of our social media for invite links to our Discord server for judges new and old, fans, and anyone who supports the judging community. I'm Charles Feather, and I keep it fair. I'm Marcos Sanchez, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman, and no thoughts, head empty. Do a little click, and now that I've told that, thank you. Now that I've told that story, I don't want that on the air. Nope, that is getting cut out immediately. (laughs) Yep. All right, thank you very much.